welcome to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a community gardener, a student of permaculture, and a person who knows the power of food. Karen Olson Johnson's not able to be with us, but next week she'll be solely in the show live or taped today. On January 27th, Food Freedom Radio will be talking live with author Charles C. Mann. His book, 1491, New Revelations of America Before Columbus, won the National Academies of Communication Award for Best Book Ever. This month, he is releasing The Wizard and the Prophet. The book tells the story of the only person to win a Nobel Prize from the University of Minnesota, Norman Borlaug. Norman's incredible hard work. When he was not given funding, he hand-plowed, led to the Green Revolution, which is credited with saving millions of lives. This technical approach to farming also led to increased use of pesticides, soil degradation, dead zones, nitrates in the water, and a shift around the globe to bigger and bigger farms. American farmers were told to get big or get out. Mann compares this wizard approach to profit approach as reflected in ecological thinking. Uh, a society of uh, connected, um, self-sufficient citizens guided by ecological values. The approach advocated by many in the organic movement encourages small farms working with nature, building soil, clean water, and creating food systems which flow to the next generation. Mann's book describes the wizard approach is how, how the wizard approach wants to address climate change. Geoengineering the planet by spraying a few million tons of sulfur can, in theory, reduce the impact of climate change. Carbon farming approaches can also reduce the impact of climate change. Mann describes a soil restoration project where trees were planted in holes that used both the power of manure and the power of termites. Using this approach, a savanna forest emerged from a desert landscape. German researchers calculated that transforming one acre of desert through this karma farming can offset the carbon emitted by 560 Americans. Man's book begins with the quote, no wonder why they no wonder why they disagree so endlessly. They were talking about different things. Food Freedom Radio will be live with Charles Mann, uh, Charles C. Mann, to talk about this new book on Saturday, January 27th. Join us, Food Freedom Radio, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on AM 950, The Progressive Voice in Minnesota. Today in studio, we're going to be talking about that small farms, how we encourage small farmers. And, and with us is Amber Stenson. Amber is the Associate Director of Programs for the Food Group Minnesota. And on February, on Friday, January 26th and Saturday, January 27th, the University of Minnesota is hosting the 13th Annual Emerging Farmers Conference. So welcome to the show, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so what is this Emerging Farmers Conference? Sure. So as you said, this year we're hosting the 13th annual Emerging Farmers Ooh, Conference. lucky number, lucky number. Yeah, a lucky number. Um, and this conference is specifically focused on helping farmers who come from backgrounds that have been historically underrepresented in farm management and ownership to gain the skills and knowledge they need to run successful farm businesses in Minnesota. You know, the word you said right there is ownership because um, they're not underrepresented in farming, but they are represented in farming ownership. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, when I make that reference, I'm thinking of the category that the USDA looks at when they do their census of demographics of farmers is, you know, looking at who is the primary operator and who is the primary managers of farm. But as you say, um, you know, farmers of all backgrounds are, are very represented in farm work. But when it comes to that primary farm operator or manager, role. Um, in Minnesota, it's still less than 1% of farmers who are um, non-Anglo farmers. Okay, so so for 13 years, this conference has been going on. Um, tell us uh, what happens at the conference. Yeah, certainly. So the aim of the conference is really for farmers to gain hands-on knowledge that is going to be directly applicable to running their farm businesses. So there'll be sessions that are focused on uh, financial management, business planning for farms, as well as um, other more technical topics such as um, growing specialty crops, controlling weeds and pests, how to get wholesale contracts, food safety, all kinds of different topics that farmers can choose from based on their interests. Is it easy being a farmer? Um, I think it's absolutely a difficult job to be a farmer, but it's a, it's a job that lots of people love and that people are interested in gaining more knowledge on how to gain a more profitable um, living from being a farmer. 
Yeah, because I'm, you know, we are in Minnesota here. We, I am so grateful for the Hmong farmers because really we have to, the, the reemergence of the farmers market has a lot to do with the Hmong migration to Minnesota. Yes, absolutely. And um, at this conference and um, at Minnesota Food Association, which is a program of the fruit group, we really celebrate the diversity of farmers that we have here in Minnesota. Um, so one of the features of the conference that we're really happy to offer is that um, we will be offering interpretation in several languages. We'll be offering Spanish, Hmong, Karen, Bhutanese, excuse me, Vietnamese, and Somali. And then if any other farmers also have different language needs, um, they're welcome to register and let us know about those needs. And we really want to make this conference accessible to any farmer who wants to participate um, and not make language a barrier. So that's something we're, we're excited to offer. The conference is also free to farmers. So hopefully there shouldn't be any economic barrier for anyone who wants to come and learn more about how to produce great organic vegetables and run a successful small farm business here in Minnesota. That is so cool. So now, how does that, th those translators, that's all done with technology now? Yeah, they have the um, the headsets and they're doing this simultaneous translation, which is really an amazing skill that I admire. Those those interpreters are, you know, such a great asset to us and help so much at the conference. Yeah, and it's, again, no, we're talking about the 13th Annual Emerging Farmers Conference, and joining us by phone right now is a farmer that participated in that. Yeah, I think uh, we have Fenley Tao joining us. Good morning, Fenley. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, um, I'm, um, my parents are immigrant Hmong farmers from Laos. Um, I'm born here in Minnesota, not here in Minnesota, but in Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin. And um, when they migrated to this country, they um, added uh, farm skills from their homeland. So um, when they got here, they um, went out and searched for, um, you know, small plots of farm and uh, try to do their skill sets of farming back in the house, but have no education on how to farm. How do you and, uh, even... I grew up in... How do they even start yep. that? How, how do you start that? You you want to farm. How do you mm -hmm. find a plot? I mean, is that is, is there a lot of challenges involved in that activity? Yeah, there, there was uh, quite a lot of um, challenge. You know, they have a uh, uh, language barrier, you know, like coming to this country. Uh, never speak uh, language, uh, English, and just speak in Hmong and uh, Laotian. Um, yeah, it was a barrier. But I think at that time they had... Um, they had like a community, like nonprofit Hmong organization that was able to help find them uh, land, uh, farm land for them to rent and uh, do plots. Great. So tell us about your experience with the Emerging Farmers Conference. Um, I, you know, I learned a lot. You know, that's um, I never thought farming as a business. I just thought farming as a hobby. And, um, you know, you learn from uh, different ideas from different farmers, and uh, you take that and you uh, try to improve your skill sets. Farming. This is an important point: farming as a business. Because if we want to eat, we're in, in in this economic system. We need functioning farmers farming as a business. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, how does the conference help with that aspect? Um, so this year we'll be offering some specific business planning sessions that farmers can opt to take that are around um, financial management as well as creating a business plan. Um, there'll be sessions on topics such as how to gain wholesale contracts, which is a topic that's of interest to many farmers who want to sell to restaurants, to school districts, and then also topics on food safety um, that farmers need to learn around marketing to those types of wholesale contracts. So, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, how you're, you're a younger farmer? Yes, um, I'm. I'm. I'm thirty years, thirty-one years old. Um, uh, I I grew up. My parents say farmed, and so I, I grew up farming. You know, but I live in the city, so I I grew up in the city, farm in the countryside. But um, yeah, I'm I'm a young farmer. I'm starting to like farming. Uh, it's it's gonna be a good skill set for me, um, knowing that, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but, you know, it gives me an idea that I, I know I, I'm going to 
be able to, to produce my own food and not worry about other people producing my food for me. And I'm really grateful to these people who are farming because it's it's a it's hard. It's not it's not always the easiest thing to do, but it's also deeply rewarding. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's really hard. Uh, you spend about uh, almost your whole day there. Um, I I spend about I would get up around uh, four o'clock in the morning, uh, start farming around six, and then you, know, you don't leave the farm uh, your farm field until. Um, around like nine, eight o'clock. So. Wow. That does sound, I mean, and, and so are you able to make a good living working that hard in this economic system? Um, you know, I, I, I can't say for everybody, but uh, as, as, as of right now, I, I'm, I'm kind of struggling, but, um, you know, I, but I have a second job that, that would be my, I, I have a first job in that, Farming is my second job, so. You know, and I, I look at the benefits of, to the whole society from um, small producers of real food when people eat fruits and vegetables. It's better for the water. It's better for the climate. It's better for climate change. And yet it, it also, there's something about that that, you know, just how do we make the system work better? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, um, you know, I think with especially organic agriculture, um, what you touched on is really important is that, you know, you're not only the farmers who are farming are not only offering healthy food to families, but also there are very important pieces of that that contribute to the conservation of our soil. Um, conservation of the soil. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coop. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Hi, this is Mike Papantonio from Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire is a direct, smart, and I got to promise you, a fearless progressive talk show. Join me, Mike Papantonio, and my co host, Bobby Kennedy Jr., and Sam Cedar, as we take on the large corporate conglomerates and that radical right wing media that dominate America's airwaves. Ring of Fire, Saturdays from 3 to 6 and Sundays from 6 to 9 p.m. on AM 950. It is the progressive voice of Minnesota. Common Roots Cafe is the perfect spot for the whole family to get delicious, local, and organic food. They have a great kids' menu equipped with games and coloring, while parents can enjoy a great local beer, wine, or specialty cocktail. It's never been a fad or a marketing ploy to make everything from scratch with local and organic ingredients. It's always been an unwavering commitment. If they can buy it local and organic, or get it from their on-site garden, they will. Common Roots is located off 26th and Lindale and online at commonrootscafe.com. Hey, Minnesota, Norman Goldman here. The furniture business is one of those industries that's full of fake sales and false discounts. This is the age of the hashtag illegitimate fake president, and haven't you been lied to enough? That's why you need to check out Habitation Furnishing and Design. Habitation offers some of the coolest furniture in Minneapolis at fair prices every day. No fake sales, no phony discounts, just honest, intriguing, and really unique furniture. Check out Habitation on Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park or visit HabitationDesign.com. Chances are there'll never be an emergency ever again. But just in case, let's talk about a plan. Okay. Who is going to grab the go bag? What's a go bag? It is a bag we do not have that is filled with things we really, really need in an emergency. Guess we won't have to worry about it then. Well, this is great. <laughs> I am so glad that we don't have a plan. I know. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. 
Radio Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headland. Karen Elson Johnson's not with us um, today, but next week she'll be back and solely in the show. Uh, in studio with us is Amber Stenson, and Amber, Sten- Amber is the Associate Director of Program for the Food Group Minnesota. And joining us by phone is a farmer, Feng Li Dao. Uh, good morning and welcome, uh, Feng Li. Now, tell us whereabouts you farm here in the Twin Cities. Um, I, I farm in uh, Lakeville. In Lakeville? And uh, and how long have you been farming in Lakeville, and how has that been um, going for you? Um, to this year, uh, last year was my first year. Uh, uh, the previous year I farmed it in uh, um, Evergrove Heights, but uh, it's been going really well for us in uh, Lakeville. And so for three years, or how many years have you attended this conference, and what does the conference mean to you? Uh, I, I've been attending the conference for the past three uh, years. Um, what, what's important for me to attend is uh, learning uh, new stuff and uh, bringing what, what I what I learned from the other uh, speakers and try to improve my farm from there. So what kind of improvements do you see? Um, what are you able to do? Um, you know, the past three years attending the conference, I was able to grab myself a uh, one of those electric, you know, those chargers so I could sell at the farmer's market, you know, the cards that are receiving there. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was able to uh, learn about uh, food safety and uh, learn about how to, to uh, manage my finance uh, towards my farm. Well, I, I, I've said this in the first segment, but I'm just so deeply grateful to the Hmong farmers for really, I mean, that has been the backbone of the local food movement here in our area. And so I, I just really want to thank you guys because I know how hard it is. And um, I just I just really deeply appreciate that. And, and, and I think that, you know, food is kind of the universal language. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, you know, um, we, we have... Um been, um, yeah, it's been a universal language for people, uh, you know, learning the different types of um, ways to farm, too, so, yeah. And it's a fun interaction. I mean, like, as uh, we've joked on it a couple different people. I mean, who really wants to eat industrial food anymore? <laughs> you know, and, I mean, if the, the consolidation in the food system and how many of the, the farms were, farmers in the 80s were told to get big or get out. And so there was a huge consolidation. So right now you have four companies controlling like 80%, 90% of the meat supply in, in, in our in our country. And that's all becoming gold, gold, even more global and owned by multinationals. So to have a bunch of independent farmers really creates the type of world that I want to live in. How about you? Yeah, I certainly would agree with that. You know, something um, I feel grateful for is that, you know, at the farm we have that we operate through Minnesota Food Association, which is called Big River Farms, through the CSA share that I get from that farm, you know, I know not only where my food is grown, but I know the names of all the farmers who have grown my food and I have a relationship with them. So I know, you know, when I eat a beautiful daikon radish that Maylee has grown that daikon radish, or I know when I'm eating, um, you know, some special hot peppers that Porfirio and his family have grown those peppers. And I think that Minnesotans and people in our country at large are craving that connection back to what food means is, you know, not only just something you eat, but a relationship you have with the land and the relationship that you have with the people that grow it. And I think with big agriculture, sometimes it's gotten so big that people have even forgotten that there are people involved in that work. And I think reconnecting with those people and remembering the honor and the importance of that work is something that's very important and something that I feel grateful to be a part of. Great. How about you, Feng Li? Do you see this as relationship when you're selling to people at the farmer's market? Do you sense some type of relationship? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I, I local, uh, local customers, um, you know, they, it's more they, they trust you. Um, and they, they trust you as a farmer uh, that instead of trusting, you know, industrial uh, company farms. So, yeah, they, they, they give you a big trust and, uh, you know, you're, you're really well known to some of the people that buy it from you too. So, yeah. what kind of food do you grow? I grow a lot of uh, vegetables, so I grow different type of variety of vegetables at my farm. 
And just to get to policy for a moment, because the way the system works right now is it's, it's kind of silly because um, corn syrup and uh, is very bad for human health. It really increases our health care costs, and yet the federal system subsidizes the food that uh, the corn and the soy and, and gives very little support to uh, vegetable farming, which is if, if vegetable farming was better supported by the entire community, we'd all live in a healthier world. Yes, I agree. And I think that one of the opportunities we have as consumers is, you know, we each have the opportunity to vote with our dollars to support local agriculture. And here in Minnesota, we're so lucky that it's a beautiful agricultural state and people have the option to go to a farmer's market or to join a community supported agriculture or to frequent restaurants and businesses that support local farmers. So I think, you know, policy of is of course important to change, but I think perhaps more immediately each of us has the chance to support local farmers and to make choices to do right. that. Right, and one of the one of the missions is empowerment. So, uh, Feng Li, what is the role of? Is this a basically a, a, a an empowerment or gaining power by supporting a local food system? And mm, I'm, I think it is, uh, but I, I I can't say to that. But yeah. It does uh, uh, empower people to, to choose what they want to buy from uh, the store or for, from local farmers. Cool. Um, and so, again, tell me a little bit of what you've experienced at the uh, Emerging Farmers Conference, which, again, is going to be on January 26th and January 27th at the University of Minnesota. It's the 13th Annual Emerging Farmers Conference, and, and you attended the last uh, few conferences. Um, why do you go to this conference? Um, I go there because I, I, I want to, um, there's always, every year, uh, I want to hear what other people does to for their success. So I just try to see if um, I could learn uh, um, different, more skill sets from other farmers. Mm-hmm. That's really valuable, the sharing of experiences between yep. farmers. Yep. Um, and we'll have lots of experienced farmers and some less experienced farmers, but lots of opportunities for our farmers to do some shop talk around growing different crops and what their different experiences are. Right, because that, that, that type of ecos, ecos, um, that it offers it offers some real support when you can talk to people. Absolutely. I think it's always helpful to talk to people who are, are experiencing the same challenges that you are or Maybe you have a great success that some farmers want to share their tips with other farmers as well. I think, you know, among farmers, something that I really value in this community is I see a lot of support between farmers. There's, of course, some business competition, but I think as small organic producers, oftentimes there's also a lot of support that's offered between farmers. And I love to talk about the generational issues because I've heard some people say that the young Hmong farmers are not are not staying in this business. So are there generational issues? Um, I, uh, issues around it within the Hmong community? Um, you know, I, I don't, I can't say for everybody. Um, you know, they, um, people tend to, uh, drift away from farming. Uh, I guess, you know, they, they, they want to, uh, do something different. So, um, yeah, I can't say anything, uh, or, Right, and that's why I, I think it's it behooves us to try to figure out how to make farming pay better. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and because right now, I mean, a lot of times people want the cheapest produce. And if you really know what work is involved, mm-hmm. tip your farmer. And we talked about that at other times. I mean, there is so much work involved. That those farmer the prices at the farmers market are often way too low. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Fact is, it's January in Minnesota, and we spend a lot more time indoors. And we're breathing a lot of dry indoor winter air. But don't worry, Standard Heating has the solution. If you install a new furnace this January, you'll not only stay warm and comfortable, you'll also get your choice of a free air purifier or humidifier. 
Oh, and Standard Heating also offers 0% interest and $0 down on approved credit. Suddenly, this winter doesn't look so bad. Find out more at StandardHeatingDeals.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve. Your car has some impressive technology. Direct fuel injection, GPS navigation, even seat warmers. And at Rain-X, we think your wiper blades should too. While traditional wiper blades can cause streaking from uneven pressure points, Rain-X's contoured blades hug your windshield, maintaining an even pressure distribution from end to end and providing a clean, smooth wipe. Don't settle for less. Pick up a pair of Rain-X blades today. Find Rain-X premium wiper blades at your nearest trusted retailer. Rain-X, outsmart the elements. Roots Cafe is the perfect venue for your next meeting, retreat, or party of up to 25 people. Come see why such a diverse array of community groups use Common Roots as their meeting space. The community room is only $10 an hour, plus nonprofit and community groups receive a $10 credit for food and drinks. Located off 26th and Lindale, make your reservation at CommonRootsCafe.com and take a look at their local, organic, and sustainable menu options. That's CommonRootsCafe.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for sunny skies today with a high near 4, tonight clear with a low of 12 below, Saturday sunny with a high near 3, and Sunday snow with a high around 15. Don't miss the Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday at Canterbury Park in Shakopee. See up to 150 home improvement experts. The Home Improvement and Design Expo this Saturday only at Canterbury Park. It's the smart place to start your home improvement project. See it all at expoguys.com. That's expoguys.com. Stenson. She's the Associate Director of Programs for the Minnesota Food Group, and they're holding a conference, uh, the Emerging Farmers Conference, on Friday, January 26th and Saturday 27th, and joining us by phone is Fang Lee. And Fang, um, you'll need to be leaving us in a few minutes, but you wanted to talk about um, the CSA and the wholesale operations. So share with us some of um, what's going on in, in those areas. Um. CSA, um, you know, the Community uh, Supported Agriculture is a good idea that came out a couple, couple years ago. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been doing CSA for uh, the churches in uh, St. Paul, um, and they, they've been really good. Uh, you know, you can get to meet your customers, um, and they, they get fresh produce every uh, week, and, you know, we've been, it's been fun uh, doing that, and we're hoping to uh, uh, expand that again next year. And then uh, also, yeah, we um, this year, last year, um, and uh, the year before that, we were able to sell to a couple of wholesale, and I sell for H. Brook, um, and they they sell to the Minneapolis Public School. Um, it's an um, opportunity uh, for me as a mom of an immigrant farmer to to sell to them, and I'm hopefully to see a uh, future. Uh, uh, immigrant farmers beside me selling to those uh, type of industry. That's one of our, Amber, during the break you were saying, uh, talking about eating watermelon at the farm. Oh, yeah, I was just remembering, Finley, I don't think you were there, but I was at your farm, actually, in Lakeville this summer. We came to do some gleaning. I think you generously yeah, 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 let us yeah, do some yeah, gleaning yeah. to donate some leftover uh, produce yeah, to yeah. the food bank. And yeah, yeah. I was there eating. Someone in your family, I think, gave us some delicious watermelon that I was just remembering on this cold day how yeah. nice it was to eat, eat watermelon yeah. out there on your farm. 
That, that's wonderful. <laughs> is there anything else um, you want to say before you, I know you need to leave here soon. So is there anything else you'd like yeah. to share with us? Like how uh, we can connect um, with you or? Uh, uh, not, nothing much, but um, yeah, we'd like to see more uh, uh, emerging farmers over at the conference. So that's probably it. Right, and so you encourage other farmers to go to this conference. It's yep, a really I worthwhile encourage, experience. I encourage them to come, uh, learn something, you know, take that as a value and go back and do it uh, at their farm this year. And then they you all know, keep coming and learning a value and then might uh, do something uh, better with their, their skill set uh, farming. Great. Well, I thank you so much for joining us, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you, you too. Yeah, thanks for having me. Too. Thank you. So I want to talk a little bit more now and tell us a little bit about the Food Group Minnesota, this whole idea of not just, uh, of actually growing our own food. Because, I mean, we hear the statistics, one in five, one in six are food insecure. And how do we connect the dots? Sure, certainly. So um, the Food Group Minnesota is a nonprofit organization, and it is a coalition of food banks uh, with the mission of fighting hunger, nourishing our community. Um, and the Food Group recently merged with Minnesota Food Association in April of this year. And Minnesota Food Association is um, an organization that focuses on farmer education as its core program and education specifically of farmers who historically have been underrepresented in uh, farm business ownership. So immigrant farmers, refugee farmers, women, and other people from groups that have been um, historically underserved. And so with, um, with our uh, mission of nourishing our community and creating greater food access, uh, one of the things we focus on when we look at fresh produce is how can we make sure in the, f in the food bank um, that there is access not only to food, but food that is truly nutritious food. So we have um, several different programs that allow us to get fresh food into the food bank, um, one of which is we uh, do gleaning with um, on farms. Many Minnesota farmers very generously let us go out and pick leftover produce. And now produce. with the gleaning, you guys really need volunteers. So we this absolutely is a, need this volunteers. This is a great thing for AM 950 listeners to, to know about. Yes, so absolutely. Tell us, how do, not how do you so do much right now, but in the summer. Yes. A, no, it's cold out right <laughs> yeah. now. We don't need yeah. We, we wouldn't ask anyone to come out right now, but um, in the in the growing season specifically, you know, it gets really busy July, August, September, October, and many farmers have generously let us go out, you know, say they don't have a market for one of their products or they've done one picking and there's some leftover squash or apples and we need big groups of volunteers to come help us uh, pick that produce yeah. and bring uh, that to the well, food bank. I remember bank. driving in, it was so sad because I saw these pumpkins, all the pumpkins are in the field and so they're, they're going to rot, all that work but then there's not the labor to harvest it and you can make some really good pumpkin soup. I've been making fantastic pumpkin soups and but, but so if somebody wants to know about gleaning mm -hmm. What should they do? Um, they should go to our website, which is um, at thefoodgroupminnesota.org, and there's a volunteer section where people can sign up, and we will contact them um, when we have those gleaning opportunities, which are, yeah, we do need group, big groups of volunteers, so definitely we would invite any listeners to come help us glean in the summer. Um, I can say it's usually really fun, too. We have a good time picking um, all that food and then knowing that that is going to go to good use instead of going to waste. Right. And so this, so the, it tells more about the uh, Minnesota Food Association and you guys merged because they also did, so they did the, the gleaming project. What were some of the, what are some of the other missions? Certainly. So Minnesota Food Association, um, we operate a 130-acre certified organic farm out near Marine on St. Croix. And that's where we're running our land-based farmer education program. So um, for farmers who are emerging farmers, we have the opportunity for them to take classes, um, get technical assistance, and work with farmer mentors, and then also have access to land, which a major barrier for for many farmers who are interested in farmers is how do you get access to that farmland? Well, when you mentioned it in the first segment is, I mean, the idea of an ownership economy, not just a labor. And that's just so that access to land is probably the number one barrier. Yeah, it's definitely um, among the most significant barriers. So through our farmer education program, uh, farmers can start on a small shared plot um, and learn the skills they need to grow crops successfully, to incubate their businesses. And then the goal is for them to go on to, in, to operate their own independent farm businesses um, as they learn through the program. 
So give us a, a, a thumbnail sketch of, um, of, of the importance of the emerging farmers to the Twin Cities ecosystem of local farmers markets. Certainly. So um, one of the statistics I know about Minnesota is that in general, um, it's an aging population of farmers. I think the average age of a farmer, primary farm operator in Minnesota is 57. So there is a need for new farmers to come in to keep the very strong um, economy going based around agriculture in Minnesota. So um, emerging farmers are certainly key to that market and key specifically also to the, you know, vegetable, organic vegetable growing um, that we have a strong, a strong market for in the Twin Cities and in Minnesota. So again, give us the details of the Emerging Farmers Conference. Um, great. Yeah. So the conference is going to be January 26th and 27th. Um, on the 26th, it's a Friday evening, um, and we'll have some sessions from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And then also on Saturday, January 27th, that will be all day, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, the conference is going to take place at the University of Minnesota's Continuing Education and Conference Center in St. Paul. Um, the conference is going to be free to farmers, so that's a great um, incentive for anyone to come who's interested in learning more about organic farming. We also are able to offer uh, translation in Spanish, Hmong, Karen, Bhutanese, Vietnamese, and Somali, and any other languages if people want to register. So we hope to have a group of really diverse farmers at this conference, and it will focus specifically on um, growing skills in technical vegetable production as well as growing farm businesses. So farmers can hope to come away with some really hands-on practical skills to help them grow their farm businesses. Do you have examples of success stories? Because I think, especially right now, I just, I kind of want some good news. I mean, I don't know about you, I'm just ready for good news. And there seems like there's a lot of really fun, good stories in this in this area? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think there is um, good news in terms of, um, yeah, people developing farm businesses. Something that is really interesting to me that I've seen happen through the work of Minnesota Food Association is that we see many of the farmers um, who are working out at Big River Farms who are growing um, culturally specific vegetables. So we see we have one farmer who is from Ethiopia who's growing a crop called anchote, which is a root vegetable, kind of like a potato or a yucca that is specific to Ethiopian cuisine. We have other farmers growing uh, bitterball, which is a type of eggplant that's popular in South Asian as well as West African cuisine. So something to me that feels like good news is that we see farmers growing vegetables, which they can then take back um, and market to their, their specific communities that help people cook food that helps them feel at home here in Minnesota. Because I think, you know, earlier you were referencing, um, you know, food being a universal language. And I think for me, one of the things I love about food, too, is I think food links us to our sense of home. And as we have, you know, our immigrant populations here in Minnesota, I think one of the ways people can feel welcome is when they can grow those crops that let them cook those very special dishes that help them feel at home. Right, and how we create a, 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 a welcoming home for all people. Absolutely, yeah. and also, of course, fun for us to learn and try different, different cuisines and learn about those cultures as well. Um, that, uh, that's wonderful. I want to um, kind of step back a little bit and learn more about you personally and, and, and what, your, what your story is, what brings you to this food work. Sure. So I grew up actually in northern Colorado in Fort Collins. Oh, Fort Collins. So Fort Collins is actually doing their own um, municipal internet, and they're they're not they're they're saying that net neutrality will live here. They did you hear about that? Uh, yeah, I just have recently heard about that. And go Fort Collins. That's Yay, really exciting. Yeah, go Fort Collins. You and Chattanooga, you yeah. got the internet thing figured out, man. Yeah, Fort Collins. Fort Collins is a great little town, and I grew up on um, what was actually Colorado's first community-supported agriculture farm that my parents, Bailey and Dennis Stenson, started. Um, they bought the farm the year I was born, so back in the '80s. Oh, so you've been living this? Yeah. So, so I grew up, I think, really seeing the value of local food, not only as food, but as uh, food for nourishing community. Um, and so I learned all about that, grew up farming with my parents, um, and mostly, yeah, I've lived in Colorado most of my life, and then my partner got a great job op opportunity here in the Twin Cities, so we moved out here this year, and 
I experienced my, my first uh, farming season here in Minnesota, and then right now experiencing my first winter. <laughs> it's usually not this bad. <laughs> it's probably my fault. It's since <laughs> it's my first year. <laughs> no, we wouldn't say. So tell us again about the uh, Minnesota. Uh, so the Minnesota Food Association recently merged with the Minnesota Food Group. And so another project, the Minnesota Food Group has several different projects. You want to just give us an overview of how the food group works? Certainly. So the food group has many different um, projects, which include we have um, distribution to food banks throughout um, Minnesota. There's also a bulk buying program known as Fair for All. Which Fair any, for All. Uh -huh. Everyone can participate yes, in Fair for absolutely. All. Yes, um, absolutely. Everyone can participate. It's just the idea of bulk buying that when all of us pitch in together, um, we can buy things at a greater rate. Um, and so all, all different kinds of food. And there are sites throughout the Twin Cities where people can go and shop at Fair for All. So let's slow down a little bit and give people more information about that Fair for All because they may want to sign mm -hmm. up. How much does it cost and how do you get involved? Yeah, so there's, there's no sign up cost. Um, there are different um, dates where there's a fair for all site that will be open and that information is available on our website and then you just go and you shop at the site like you would shop at a grocery store but at much better prices oh that's cool so you are listening to food freedom radio on am 950 the progressive voice of minnesota i'm laura headline carolson johnson will be back next week live um and uh, you're getting you're listening to food freedom radio on am 950 Fact is, it's January in Minnesota and we spend a lot more time indoors. And we're breathing a lot of dry indoor winter air. But don't worry, Standard Heating has the solution. If you install a new furnace this January, you'll not only stay warm and comfortable, you'll also get your choice of a free air purifier or humidifier. Oh, and Standard Heating also offers 0% interest and $0 down on approved credit. Suddenly this winter doesn't look so bad. Find out more at StandardHeatingDeals.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. This is Bill McLeslie, owner of IP House in Minneapolis. We all know a working website is vital to business. But what happens when your website goes down? Many companies waste time just trying to find the right person to contact. That's why you need IP House. We offer reliable, secure hosting for websites. Our staff is watching 24 hours a day to make sure your website is always up. Discover our services at IPHouse.com or call us 612-337-6337. Chocolate Celeste is a true celebration. This is Colette, and we've created two themed chocolate collections for this year's football playoffs. These chocolates are the world's finest artisan chocolates with distinct, unforgettable flavors that will sweeten your team's victory and soften the sting of defeat. Having a party? Skull! Check out our football-themed chocolates. We're an approved vendor through the NFL Business Connect program. Call 651-644-3823 or visit chocolatecelest.com. Most Tax Service, family-owned and operated since 1971, providing a full spectrum of tax preparation and associated services. Think about it. Why would you take your most important financial information to a franchise operation with a cheap basic package that goes up dramatically once you're in the door? You can find out all you need to know about Mo's by visiting www.mostax.com. That's M-O-H-S tax.com. Or call them at 612-721-2026. Don't be a blockhead. Go to the professionals at Moe's Tax Service. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. And I'm, I'm Laura Headland. 
Karen Olson Johnson will be here next week. And in the studio with us, this is our last segment, is Amber Stenson. She is Associate Director of Programs for the Food Group Minnesota. And we've been talking about the Emerging Farmers um, Conference. Again, that's going to be on Saturday, January 27th, um, Friday um, the 26th and the 27th. And this event is open to all. It's free to farmers. But if somebody... Um, do you want the general public to also come? Um, maybe someone who's just concerned or... Yeah, I mean, I think the conference is open to anyone who would consider themselves an emerging farmer who would have interest in classes around vegetable production and farm business. But it, the, the conference is certainly open to everyone and free to farmers. Because uh, as we kind of laid this out a little bit in the in the first segment, but the industrial approach to farming, which leads to nitrates in the water, a dead zone, uh, loss of topsoil, um, you know, has all these environmental consequences. And how do we compete with that when the only thing that we're ever measuring is the dollar signs? And yet one of the ways to compete with that is to actually create um, living economies. And and so, um, like, one thing is, you know, perhaps a retired person may want to just make, a, you know, a couple thousand dollars over the summer um, selling homemade jams. You know, all that would add to a different mm -hmm. type of economic system. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something interesting you're touching on, um, which I understand the statistic in Minnesota, is that actually people who are farmers, I think about maybe 45, 50% of them actually farm as one of their sources of income. But, you know, many people who are farming also have other jobs. And we see that with the, with the immigrant and refugee and farmers of color we work with is that, you know, for many people, um, you know, farming is one of the things that they do to earn income. You and see, that gets me mad because that just, I mean, that's, they're working so hard, that should be enough, you know? Yeah, it certainly is very hard work to farm. And we certainly see farmers, you know, working very early in the morning till very late at night. Um, but I think in, in terms of how our economy works right now, in terms of value on vegetables, it is difficult, realistically difficult for many people to consider uh, farming their primary income, but there's space, I think, for a lot of people to have a job and then maybe a side business that is, you know, selling vegetables or doing a value-added product, like you mentioned, a jam business, or, and that there's, there is increasing interest in how do we make this at least part of what we're doing. And I'm excited that, and I, I'm going to have to learn some more about it, but the, uh, the, there's an event coming up with the Central Minnesota Young Farmers Coalition to celebrate passage of Minnesota's historic first-in-the-nation beginning farmer tax credit law. And so um, what they're doing is they're having an event at Bad Weather Brewing on uh, Thursday, January 25th in the evening. But this whole idea of how do we create, if we all want to eat, <laughs> you know, how do we take responsibility for the system and we all want a clean planet, we want clean water, we want it to flow to the next generation, you know, how do we step up and create it? And that's what this work is about with this emerging conference is getting people together that are doing the hard work of farming and trying to find a way of making a living in this economic system while farming. Yes, absolutely. That's what it's about. And we hope that the tools we're able to offer to emerging farmers and the knowledge is very practical, very hands-on, and based on organic vegetable production, as well as those business aspects that many farmers are interested in learning. How do you create a business plan? How do you manage your finances? What about marketing? How do you access wholesale accounts? But how do, how do farmers find additional ways, as you're saying, to augment their farm income? And then the community that gets together and, and just being in solidarity with each other. Yes, absolutely. And I think something we celebrate about that also is the multicultural community of farmers that we have in Minnesota. So we'll have um, interpretation in many different languages and have sharing about uh, from farmers from many different backgrounds. Right, because we talked about this earlier, but food it really is the universal language. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's um, a language that, you know, farmers are eager to bring their specific cultural crops that they care about too and their specific dishes. And it's definitely a celebration, I think, of all of those unique um, pieces of food that make us who we are. Yeah, because we are complex and individuals. Absolutely. And that's something we definitely uh, hope to celebrate at the Emerging Com Farmers Conference. Awesome. Okay, so we're down to our last three minutes. And um, we often ask our guests, what do you mean, what do you, what does free food freedom mean to you? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I guess food freedom, one of the things it would mean to me is that um, anyone who wanted to be a farmer 
could choose to do that and that that would be a career path that was um, that had a lot of dignity that people respected, um, which is not something we always see now. But yeah, the freedom to choose that as a path and that someone could earn an income doing that and feel a lot of respect and even a lot of gratitude from the community for helping to grow our food. Well, gratitude and food. I mean, those things go together, don't they? I Absolutely. Mean, you know, we need food. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the idea of food being uh, someone who provides food not being respected is insane. Yeah, and I think that um, in our country often maybe we're thankful for our food, but I think we need to also remember to be thankful for the people who grow our food and for all of the hard work that they do and remember that, you know, especially when you're talking about something like organic vegetable production, I mean, that's a very person-intense type of work, and we should be thankful, yes, not only for the food, but for the people who grew it. I saw, a, a, actually, it was kind of a sad little um, two-minute YouTube video, and it just showed uh, the standard American diet, sad, a young person eating all this sugar and mm-hmm. corn syrup and then fed all the screen time, and, and, and just how... Um, how destructive that really is to this universal fiber of our, you know, it's just not a very healthy way of living. And so comparing that to the, um, the emergent farming and trying to get in contact, have the hands in the soil, the dirt, the, 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 that innate vibrancy of life. Yes, absolutely. And I, I will mention that um, at Minnesota Food Association, we also offer many youth programs uh, for youth who are interested in learning about farming as a career path and coming out and getting their hands dirty on the farm. And um, we invite schools and teachers and different types of youth groups to come out and visit us at our Big River Farms out on, near Marine on St. Croix. So kids can remember that, yes, kids this can. is what a farmer and, and does. And with the food shelves, um, uh, having the food, um, um, having the food um, come from living soil, um, having the food be um, be healthier is, is so vital and, and also given in, in, in with, with mutual respect. Yeah, absolutely. I think as, um, you know, people who run an organic uh, farming education program, that is something we definitely see as our mission is also conserving the environment of conserving soil, of conserving water out near our farm. There's a lot of lakes and, you know, we feel great about the fact that we know that with our agricultural practices and those we are passing on to the people in our program that's helping to conserve not only the soil but also the water um, which I know here in Minnesota people are very proud of the lakes and we're proud to help conserve the water quality of those lakes with our farming pr- uh, water practices. quality multicultural mm-hmm. kindness yeah, the, um, so again um, Amber Stenson the associate director of programs for the food group Minnesota how can people get in contact with you or learn more about the uh, conference yeah absolutely a great way to do that is to go to our website which is Minnesota mnfoodassociation.org and they can find information there about the conference they can find information about our CSA about volunteering there's lots of ways to get involved lots of ways to get involved and a lot of reasons to get involved absolutely thank you so much thank you it's been wonderful thank you so much Amber Stenson Associate Director of Programs for the Minnesota Food Group and thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950